Hi guys, please could you introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Bassam Tariq, I'm a filmmaker. I'm currently in Texas uh, working on a project. Cool. And my name is Riz Ahmed and I'm an actor and I make music. I'm in LA and America's going through a rocky time, it feels like. Yeah, sure, bloody. Riz, please could you tell us about your character, who he is, and what is his goal in Mogul Mowgli? In Mogul Mowgli, I play the character of Zed, and Zed is a British Pakistani rapper. He's been based out of the States for a while. And, you know, like me, uh, in real life, he's very much into the idea of representing his people, and he does a lot of music that you know, tries to dignify his people and represent them and kind of speak truth to power and stuff. But actually, there's a lot of ego behind it as well. And even though he's trying to represent his people, he's running away from his people. And I guess the film is about seeking validation and acceptance from somewhere far away and from strangers when actually maybe that love and acceptance is, needs to be found closer to home, in your family, in your ancestry, and even in yourself, that self-love and that self-acceptance. Um, so I would say Zed's goal is to try and be a global star. But Zed's journey is one about really questioning that. Wow, that's an amazing answer. Um, but um, I want to ask you the same thing. Your role as director and co-writer, what was your goal with this story? Well, I mean, I thought I was making a documentary and it just <laughs> turned out... <laughs> <laughs> changed the names really, after me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we changed the names after What I love about Riz is he's got real good focus. And I think my biggest thing is like coming from documentaries, I just want things to feel real. So I got stuck in like a lot of details and, and of like the particularness of things. And so I think that's the kind of space that I want us to, to explore as, as, as we're writing. I don't what? know if I even answered your question. But. Um, I guess maybe it's, I was going to expand and say why this story and why now, but that was for both of you. So maybe for some, just maybe expand on, obviously the goal is to get the film made, but maybe something about your intention of bringing the story to life even. It's like free therapy for me. Sure. <laughs> why did I want to make this film? Honestly, like it's it was this push of feeling so irrelevant when you have children that you just go, you know what? I'm I'm feeling like I'm already forgotten. And I remember once brought up to Riz, Riz was like, bro, I feel that way all the time. I'm like, really? I was like, but you're like at the cusp. He goes, no, no, no. We're always feeling that way because there's always this worry that someone younger, browner, cooler than us is going to come and take our spot. And I saw it happening to me. And you know, there's and, and it's just this weird fear that we just kind of create in our heads and it's like great let's go explore this insecurity and you know really I wanted to also do something that brought in like you know my, my parents and sort of their whole experience of just never really getting a business off the ground so there's all these other aspects of, of our lives that we just thought that were just important to us that I wanted to really prove that our stories matter and even now like as I'm still kind of doing this and, and I'm working through it it's like you, you, you constantly have to remind yourself. And I think even having these conversations is like validation that, yeah, okay, wait, these, these stories matter. We need to actually tell more of these things. I just wanted to come off the back of that and say that like, it's about that internalized self-hate that, mm. that teaches us that there's only space for one. There better be only one blacklist podcast, you know. Mm -hmm. There better only be one actor who's brown, who's doing this, or there can only be room for, you know, it's, it's all this kind of weird kind of like a throwback from colonialism really, which is like, I want to deal with one tribal chief. Mm. Tell me who I'm talking to, they pay me taxes. And, and you know, it's this weird idea. And really the film kind of explores that internalized self-hate in a really tangible way because the character of Zed, you know, part of the journey he goes on is, is contending with an autoimmune condition. And the reason we wanted to explore that is, you know, we started looking into ancestral trauma, 
and you know epigenetics and the idea that if something traumatic happens to your grandfather or your grandmother they go through the experience of kidnap and slavery or um, the trauma of partition or some form of kind of genocide basically that trauma gets passed on genetically you know and and new research it seems to kind of support that idea and so what the character Z kind of contends with is this ancestral trauma which manifests in this kind of internalized self-hate because mm. autoimmunity is basically your body attacking itself and actually if you look at the research diasporic populations actually have a far higher incidence of autoimmune illness than the rest of the population. And, and what is that? That means your body doesn't recognize itself. That means your body has been taught to attack itself and see itself as a foreign body. So we thought that was fascinating to unpack. And you know, here you have this character who thinks he's like, yeah, man, I'm repping myself. But actually you're doing that to some extent to gain the acceptance of people who don't really know you and love you and you want to be accepted by, but actually you don't accept yourself because you're running away from your family and your loved ones. You're running away from your history. You're shitting on it. And actually your body's even attacking itself. So what is, so what does self love look like? Does it look like performing your race for people or does it look like sitting with yourself? I mean, you said so much that I could like dissect and break apart because it is exactly that. That's kind of some of my questions I was going to ask following on from that. And it's interesting that you both said that thing of feeling relevant and having you know the, the, the only one syndrome and someone younger cooler and especially in this current climate where everything's about race right now and i know all of us black and brown are experiencing this we're in right now we're fashionable right now um but i wanted to go back to this your real world lives like being because the film does explore culture identity and how people of color struggle with that when living in the west it was interesting to hear, to see the South Asian perspective. I'm sure, I mean, I know there's a breadth of the films, but then coming on in from an outsider, because I'm focused on the black world, the black community, our voice and our struggles. So it's interesting having a pause to look at someone else's conversation about that. And these ideas of what makes a coconut or a sellout. Could you guys expand on maybe how you navigated being Western Asian? And if you've ever had to struggle with honoring a culture whilst being immersed in this lifestyle that we're in, and it is that making peace with, maybe some I don't, I don't know what, what's the word not in, it's never embarrassment however sometimes some of us have been made to feel embarrassed about who we are because we're in this situation but how you reconciled any rubs when it comes to tradition culture and being in a world that's quite contrasting to what we what we're growing, raised raised up to believe and be mm -hmm. long, long question yeah I mean it is a big question and there's a, there's a big answer there isn't a simple one I guess but it is the question isn't it really it is like Again, you said talking about the embarrassment, the self-hate, the self-image, and how do we shift our self-image into one that can be empowering and liberating for us and people who see it? Hopefully, this film is a small contribution to try and do that for ourselves, first and foremost, as eyes, freeing ourselves, like Bassam said, saying, now we've made this, we've given ourselves permission to go, oh, these stories matter. You know, Martin Scorsese can knock about going, you know, I'm just going to make Mean Streets, mm. and it's about Italian-Americans knocking about in Brooklyn. People are like, that's cinema. If we do it, it's like, yeah, that's kind of niche. You know, what is that? What does that do to your idea of your creative horizons? You know, mm. but in terms of like the, the British Asian experience I'll talk about, and then and maybe we can talk a little bit about the divergence in the US South Asian experience because Asian in the US means East Asian. Yeah. You know, more Korean, Japanese, Chinese, mm -hmm. whereas in the UK it obviously means like brown South Asian, Indian, Pakistani, Bangladeshi, Sri Lankan. And that's telling in itself because, you know, we are the biggest Asian population in the UK, whereas we're probably not the biggest 
Asian population in the US, that's more East Asian. So it's a newer population, it's a less established population, but it's also generally, although this isn't universal experience, a more middle class population mm. in the US, which Bassam, you've described it as being more white adjacent, you know, and aspirational to, towards that in some ways. Whereas in the UK, I think there is much more of a shared experience with the black population, yeah. which are both post-colonial populations, mm. rather than, you know, you've got one population that is the legacy of slavery, built that country, and you've got another population that's coming in the, at the, you know, generally 70s, mm. or at the earliest, about a lot in the 90s even, and often a very kind of professionalized community. So you have a kind of a big difference there. But, but another thing I'll say is, even with that shared inheritance in the UK between the black and Asian populations, that experience has diverged massively. We both experience different kinds of systemic racism, but one might be more a function of immigration and the war on terror. Another one's more about kind of policing in the prison system. And I've made the mistake myself in the past actually of kind of, but it's really a throwback from like, you know, being so old. And it's interesting, actually, from your point of view, in that you know you're including us in your podcast and the blacklist, which we're grateful for. But we are not black. Yeah. Whereas in the '80s, politically, we would have been considered black. Yeah. And, and I see, and I see personally some something exciting about that solidarity, but also something quite limiting and simple, simplistic about it. But I haven't answered your question. But no, but you've uh, given you've given yeah. season thought. But, but Sam, do you want to come in and pick up on anything? You know, I love, I, I love your question about like, how do you navigate earlier on? And, and I think the insecurity of just being pigeonholed. I know like Riz's got this great lyric in uh, his song. Um, I think it might've been a Anthem with the Sweatshop Boys where he talks about like, I'm the king of my pigeonhole or something like that. Like, and it's just, and it was this feeling of like, yeah, man, like it just feels so real where like, and there's this insecurity of, of being like stuck in a, in a box. And, and I remember like when I did my earlier work in Pakistan and then, you know, I was repped by like a commercial place. They were just like, yeah, you know, you can do whatever you want. Go to Mars. Just just don't go back to Pakistan. But the funny thing was that that's where I wanted to go back. Like, mm. And so for a while, I tried to do things outside of that. And it just would never hit. It just wasn't working for me. So I just realized this has got to go back to like what I really know. And I've tried to run away from the community and working with the community. And the, the funny thing is, this is my first time actually working with this many South Asians. So that's this um, many Muslims before. Like I've never, never done it. I've always been the only Muslim on set. And it's been quite a new thing for me to just kind of navigate the space. You know, coming from the United States, there was a separation of having an Asian identity and having like a Muslim identity. So I think mm -hmm. for a lot of us after 9-11, we started to really identify ourselves as American Muslim. And what was exciting about that identity was that it, it opened it up, right? So it wasn't just about being Asian or South Asian. It was about, no, 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 like Lupe Fiasco, it's Mostaf, it's, it was big, Sohil Dalazai. Like it just, it expanded what it meant to be Muslim. Like I look as my father of American Islam as Malcolm X, that's what I look at, right? And of course, like I understand that there are experiences that I will never have. And I probably grew up more white adjacent, even though I grew up in like black neighborhoods and all that, like I still was able to, have, to pass in certain ways with the cops and with whatever, right? Yeah. Like, but the American Muslim identity was something that, that, that felt more expansive, but also limiting. Right, because what you did was you also kind of jettisoned your own cultural understandings because the idea was let's build something new, let's build something that's perhaps even whitewashed, right? Yeah, or yeah. or what yeah, or or this idea of blackness, right? Like so much of our identity yes. of who we are as American Muslims was us performing blackness. Like that's just what we did, you know. And when you look at a lot of immigrant artists that made it out here, right? Like that's how a lot of us got in. It was like we performed blackness or we were adjacent to black filmmakers or black artists or whatever. And that's how we 
got our break. And I think that's something that we have to at least start talking about, which the film kind of addresses a little bit. Yeah, and that's something that the film kind of looks at as well. And this, so coming from the UK, I think we sometimes have a different experience because Mm -hmm. the South Asian experience has not been as white adjacent. And because we have classic tunes like Original Nutter, yeah. like UK Apache, who's yeah. Abdul Wahab, who's Iraqi, who's chatting in Cockney and in Jamaican Patois mm. on a jungle beat, and that's still the anthem that was shut down Carnival yeah. like 30 years later. When I came to America, that actually opened my horizons and understanding about like, oh no, look, yeah, you might be from London. And like in London, everyone says Wagwan. Yeah. And I didn't even know that was a Jamaican word really? until, until I was like 15. Really? Yeah, I up in a neighborhood and we just, oh, I didn't reckon, even, you don't even understand, it's just part, it's just in the air. Caribbean culture is such a kind of bedrock of yeah, what sure. UK street culture is that you don't even, and it was kind of going to America that kind of made me examine like, oh, but you guys, you obviously you are different. We're just seeing how different the communities are there. When, Oh, it's not exactly like that, but huh. And then and engaging with these ideas of cultural appropriation. I, Riz, and also the character Zed performs a black art form, which is rap music, right? Of course he does. And, and so part of what the film kind of contends with is like, okay, how do you contribute rather than extract? You know what I mean? And part of how I hope I contribute and I hope Zed contributes is by speaking of his own experience rather than appropriating someone else's or the way they speak or their references and also contributing his own cultural heritage and musical palette to this. It's interesting because I think part of Zed's journey in the film is realizing that you won't know where you're going until you know where you've come from. Absolutely. And realizing that part of his heritage is also this kind of Kawali music, which is a kind of spoken word, storytelling, percussive kind of which for me blew my mind which really actually kind of liberated me to feel like oh i can i can rap (laughs) i can rap actually because i can rap in my own way yeah you know and i can rap in a way that is trying to contribute something but anyway there's lots to say about it i know there's so much where at what point of your career has mogul mildly met you and what did making being making slash being a part of this film teach you about yourselves and i feel like you kind of answered it but just maybe in a, a nutshell answer Oh, wow. I, I love this question. Thank you for asking. And also, I really enjoyed this this um, discussion, just, just hearing it. So it's amazing. So thank you for this time, Akula. Um, what, I, what I wanted to say, something that I've realized from this, and just even now living through it, is these lines that were drawn between all of us are so ridiculous, right? I was just learning about, like, even the line that made India and Pakistan. And now, because literally, I got like, oh, oh, shit, like, I got my homework due. And he just, like, literally drew a line, and that's it. And now we, we sit by these terrible definitions that, that, that other people have put on us. And I feel like what I want to do more and more now, if anything's inspired me from this film, is that I want to take more from cultures that I do connect with. And I also want to understand that what I come from is a rich heritage of Persian arts, right? I also come from things that are very pan-Muslim and pan-Islamic. So I can look to like Amadou Bamba. I can look to people. There's so much to look to that I can also take from respectfully and learn from. And even here, I'm living on old prison territory. Like this used to be old prison that I'm living in right now. And they buried slaves here and they've been finding graves of these old slaves. And, I'm, and I just like walk around this place in the nighttime. And I'm like, there's so much going on here, but I'm, I'm inheriting this. So I can't just limit my own experiences. I'm South Asian and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And it's these little identity boxes that people have put me into. So I think understanding how I can take from things respectfully and learn from them is something that like, you know, even like I'm not a Londoner and that's something that like I learned, like I need to shut up and they're, they're elders here. They're people like Riz that I need to lean into. That's why it feels like a documentary for me. 
It's like, I'm just, I'm just learning. I'm, I'm putting a camera down and like, you guys tell me what's the truth. I don't fucking know. And I think that's something that I want to, it's emboldened me to be more like that. Um, you know, a point when I, when we made Mogul Mowgli, I was still on this mission of trying to kind of play as many different characters as possible in order to stretch culture. I'll do this kind of role and that kind of role. And, and, and and now I realize that actually the real way to kind of stretch culture is to put ourselves in it because we're not present and visible in the culture right now. And so this has been really liberating and really scary. This is a project where we have been the scariest thing, which is ourselves. The thing that we are told under no circumstances, you could be, you should be, or that is a good idea to be. And so I feel that creatively it's been very liberating and that going forwards, things can't ever be the same for us. I think for Gassam and I, everything will have to come from a personal place. And that doesn't mean it has to be just a super brown film with just all brown people. That's what this is, and we're proud of it. But it just means that you have to kind of go to that personal place rather than putting the mask on for yeah. other people. Take the mask off. Thank you guys so much. Like I said, we could, I could Thank you. Forever. But I mean, so good to see you, Riz, and nice to meet you, Basam. Thank you, team behind Thank the scenes. You.